Welcome to the Agenda, the Genbase podcast. I'm Jen Kolbeck. And I'm Jen Coleslaw. And this week's agenda is all about pina coladas and pineapples. So I guess pina colada adjacent fruits. That's right. And coconut. Yes. And our thing we're going to try today that we both have are something called Johnny Pops. And you would think that that would be something that you would use to clean the toilet. But no, it's actually (laughs) a popsicle, um, an all-natural popsicle. And the flavor we're trying is pineapple coconut. Yep, I got mine here. It's starting to get melty, though. Okay, let's try it. Okay. Mm, first impression. Very oh good. Oh, my gosh. That is so good. Now, this is an ice cream bar, a coconut pineapple ice cream bar. At least my box had ice cream bar, not just popsicle. So it's got cream right. in it. Oh, is that delicious? It is so good. It tastes like... um, Like... um. Like like a like a pina colada, but without any mm-hmm. alcohol in it, frozen. Yep. Um, it's creamy, like it's got a really rich coconut flavor. I am not normally a big ice cream bar fan, and definitely not a popsicle fan. Like fruit flavored ice cream, this is great though. Yeah, it is. I thought I was gonna have one bite, and I'm just gonna keep eating it. Now, I didn't bring the box up. So I can't tell you what the, is in the ingredients, but I'll post a picture in our Twitter feed. Um, there's other flavors. Uh, there was like a chocolate covered cherry flavored one. Yeah. That we originally had talked about. And um, I think there's like a pineapple flavor and there's some other flavors. Um, but we happen to be able to both get them at our grocery stores. I and would so- have gone for the chocolate covered cherry one, but we didn't have those down here. Well, when you come up here, because we got them at Harris Teeter. Oh, okay. Oh, here. I have the ingredients. Ready? Oh, this is a great okay. ingredient list. For the pineapple coconut bars, they're 100 calories each, by the way. Oh, that's uh, nice. Pineapple, heavy cream, whole milk, sugar, water, natural flavors, coconut milk, and salt. Those are some of my favorite things in the whole world. That is a pretty good ingredient list. There's no weird chemical-y stuff on there. It's just pineapple and ice cream stuff and coconut. You know what these would be good for? Breakfast. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know what? It looks like there's a, um, like a, 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 a note on the... Oh, there is. On the stick. Now we have to finish them. Yes, we do. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Here we go. Teach someone a new skill is what mine says. Mine says, listen to a friend in need. Oh, these are good. They're kind of like little, um, what's it with the cookie with the words inside? Fortune cookies. Yep. But like kindnesses. Kindnesses. To do for other people. So that this was definitely one of our, our favorite little snacks. Oh, that is a major success. I ate that whole ice cream bar. I have no regrets. That was delicious. Highly oh, recommend. Calories. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good snack. Okay. All right. Absolute success. Highly recommend. We absolutely recommend the Johnny bars. Mm-hmm. Johnny pops. Johnny they pops. are not for cleaning your toilet. No, it would not. It would be very poor for that, but it's good for snacking. We have a lot of things under stories for this um, pina colada episode of the agenda. Um, should we just go in order through them? Yeah, because I, I, you know, when you had put our, so I think we tell people every week that we have a Google Doc where we put notes in. Jen usually starts it out, and then I add things to it as I think of things. Um, but Jen posted something about pina coladas, and the and then I thought about the pina colada song, mm-hmm. and how creepy it is. Yeah. But why don't you tell your story, and then we'll talk about the pina colada song and how awful that is. Yes, for sure. So... Uh, if you remember, there was, and in fact still is, a website called Ashley Madison, which is a dating website for married people. Their tagline used to be, life short, have an affair. I think it was not that for a while, and then 
<laughs> that may have come back. So uh, they got hacked. This is probably maybe eight years ago-ish. It was a while ago. It was definitely like well before the pandemic. Um, yes. They got hacked, like deeply hacked. Everything in their databases got released onto the dark web. And I downloaded a copy because I'm always interested in this kind of stuff. And like, is there any interesting stuff I could ever do with this? Probably not, but I'm going to get it just so I have it because it will go away eventually. So it has, uh, you know, login names, street addresses, email addresses, credit card numbers, profile information that people posted, like what sexual acts are you interested in? And like, what are you looking for? It has all, all of this data. And uh, so I downloaded it. And I'll note here that the reason that they got hacked um, is because like the team of hackers who hacked them was like, one, this is sort of unethical, but two, like the company is really unethical because here's what you could do. So if I were like, I'm mad at my friend Jen Coleslaw, I'm going to sign her up for Ashley Madison. And so I would put in like your email address and I'd make up a password and I'd put up a profile for you. And then you would get a confirmation email like, hey, thanks for signing up for this cheater's website. And you'd be like, I 100% did not sign up for this cheater's website. And they'd be like, well, we can delete your profile, but you have to pay us money to do it. So I had no idea that yeah. that was a thing. Yes. So this was their sort of extortion. Um, it's not even just like you got drunk one night and signed up and were like, I can't believe like I signed up for that website drunk. Like I would never please delete my profile. And they'd be like, pay us 10 bucks or 20 bucks, whatever it was. It was if somebody else could sign you up. You wouldn't even like confirm it. Right. And then they would still charge you to take it down. And not only that, but they wouldn't actually delete your profile. Even if you paid them the money, they still kept all of your data. So the fact that someone's email address appeared in the Ashley Madison data set didn't necessarily mean that they signed up. It could mean somebody else signed them up as a joke or to extort them, to blackmail them. You don't know because they kept the data. Um, so anyway, I downloaded the data. Um, there were some searchable databases online where you could like put in somebody's email and see if they were in there. But again, like for all we know, Ashley Madison was just signing random people up to extort them for the money to delete them because they also had, there were no women basically who signed up. There were a ton of women profiles, but they were all fake that the Ashley Madison people created. So it looked like there were a bunch of women in there, but it turns out it was all dudes. So they were lying about all kinds of things. So I downloaded this data set and um, I searched for, you know, like, oh, how many people at like this domain name, like where I know a bunch of people work are in there like, oh, isn't this interesting? Do I know any of these people? And, and we can pause here before the culmination of my story, because the second search I actually did is related to the Pina Colada song. So maybe for people who don't know what that is, you can tell them about it. Okay, so the Pina Colada song, I don't even remember who wrote it, because it's a really old song. Yeah. But it's a song about um, a, a husband and wife who sort of fall out of love with each other. And... Um, one of them sends, like, puts an ad in the paper, if you like pina coladas and getting lost in the rain, and if you don't care about football and you might have a brain. I don't even remember, like, all of the words, but it all rhymed. And the upshot is that they, they're both looking for other people while continuing to be married and, and find each other through the personals ad. Yeah. Which just just gross. It's so gross. It's so upsetting that people think it's a romantic song where it's like, oh, I read this personals ad and I was like, yes, I would like to hook up with this person and cheat on my spouse. And like, oh, look, shocker. It's my spouse. It's like, my spouse. How romantic. It's not, you guys. It's not. And the funny thing is that, you know, I mean, I'm I'm older than you by several years. I'm Ingo's age. So this song has been in my, you know, I've heard this song for a long time. Never really thought anything of it until I made the Ashley Madison connection and the Pina Colada connection. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is so yucky. 
Yep. This is such a yucky song. This is like like the police song, Every Breath You Take, is <laughs> yeah. not a song about how much I'm waiting to hear the next thing you say. It's about stalking you. Yep. <laughs> and how I, you know, so often we don't like really listen to anything. And if we did, we'd be horrified. And yeah. I was definitely horrified by that. There are, we could do a whole episode on songs that people clearly don't listen to. Born in the USA, for example. Oh, that's they a good one. Kind of think it's that's an anthem for one. one thing and it's not actually about that thing at all. I think we should, we should put that in our, our uh, Google Doc. Okay, I think that'll be a fun episode. Yeah, um, folks might we, actually have some good suggestions for us too. Oh, that's a great idea. You should tweet that to us on the socials. I will do that. Um, <laughs> so when I... I had sort of tweeted out this night that I had downloaded the Ashley Madison data set. I was like, hey, everybody on Twitter, I have the Ashley Madison data set. You want me to look for anybody in there? Let me know. And uh, one of my writer friends, his name is Zach Stentz. He's great. He is a screenwriter. Um, if He's written a bunch of stuff you know. I think he worked on Agent Cody Banks, but now he writes um, Camp Cretaceous, which is like the Jurassic Park animated kids show on Netflix or teen show. He's a great guy. I met him at one of these um, National Academy of Sciences, like writer slash scientist weekends. And uh, and he's a good follow on Twitter. And he's like, uh, see if anybody's profile says if you like pina coladas and taking walks in the rain or getting lost, whatever it is. And... I don't know if I had even heard the song. I mean, I'm sure it had played in my vicinity, but I had never listened to it at that point. And I was like, oh, no, this song is terrible. Um, but I searched the profiles and there were like 30 people who had the lyrics of this song as their profile on Ashley Madison, which I guess they get a few clever points for. <laughs> like, that's mm, all right. It's a, a li- one point, half a point. Half a for, point. At least they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but boy that is just like i remember when that ashley madison hack happened and there were so many political people who were exposed and i had you know i had no idea um that they extorted you to get you off of their date out of their database and then they still didn't get you out of their database yep and i think if i remember the we were we were talking about finding out things you didn't want to know. So this is the third search I did, right? Search one was like for a particular domain for an organization where I knew a bunch of people worked. Second search was the Pina Colada search. Third search was for um, for a string, a search string that I knew would bring up information about some people that I knew. So so this was not the search, but say I had searched for like cs.umd.edu, which is the email address for the computer science department. I would have seen colleagues, other students coming up in there. So that's not what I searched for, but something like that, where I'm like, I am likely to know the people, you know, it wasn't like I was searching for... Um, I don't know, like montgomerycounty.gov, right? Where it's like, oh, maybe I'll know some of these people. It was a much narrower search. And so some people, I did this search and some people came up and I was like, oh yeah, I think I know that guy. Oh, I know that guy. And then there was a guy who was part of a couple who I'm very close to, that like very closely connected to my life. I'm good friends with his wife. I'm pretty good friends with him. And he was in there and he wasn't just in there like with his email address, like somebody signed him up. His street address was in there. Credit card number was in there. I would never have guessed that this guy would have been in the list. And he showed up in there and I'm like, how now? Like, what do I do? I mean, I'm not going to go to the wife and be like, so, you know, I found your husband in this thing or go to the husband and be like, dude, I found you in the thing. But like also how do I just pretend like he clearly has not put in all of his credit card info and stuff that like matches his actual info. I know where he lives. I know that's his address. Uh, and I had to call my friend Judy. It was like 10 30 PM. And I was like, Oh my God, like, I don't know how to deal with this information that I just found. And I mean, I, I download a lot of like hacked data sets and I spend a lot of time on the dark web for work. And it was the first major lesson of like, there's times you just want don't want to go searching for stuff because you might find a thing 
And I just, this is a thing I wish I didn't know because I can't do anything about it. I don't want to do anything about it, but I would really rather not know it. Yeah, that's got to be pretty shocking. Yeah, it was. And like, looking back, I'm like, I don't know why I was quite that panicked because the correct solution is keep your damn mouth shut. It is none of your business, Jen. Why were you looking in the first place? But I really needed like a wiser, helpful friend to come over and just be like, let me let me just talk you down. It's okay. I was just so astonished, uh, you know, to have uh, people who were so close in my social orbit suddenly show up in this unexpected place. Did your friend and and her husband stay together? Uh, they are still together. Yeah. Huh. Well, yep. maybe they worked it out. I yeah. I don't know if if the guy ever did anything. You know, if he ever actually, like, met the non-existent women on this website or something else. But, uh, yeah, they're still together. So, whatever whatever arrangement they have is still working. Well, good for them. Yep, that's right. <laughs> I, um, I once got a text from a previous spouse who mm. I was not meant for me. Oh no. And oh, I tried no. to play it off as kind of a joke and um then pretty much the next text was I think we should get a divorce. <gasps> oh no. So um and and I mean that I think we were trending in that direction anyway, so that shouldn't have come as any surprise, but um yeah. Wow. Things you, things you don't want to know. So, I, I'm sorry, just so I have this, what sounds like terrible situation, completely clear in my head. Your former spouse sent you a text intended for not you. Yes. And then over text, your former spouse told you, I think we should get a divorce. Yes. This is the only announcement of we should get a divorce that I have heard that is less personal than my own. Which was with my first husband. Uh, I had finished teaching my evening class at George Washington University and called to be like, would you like me to pick up Chipotle for dinner? And I said, hello, former spouse. Should I pick up Chipotle for dinner? And he said, I think we should get divorced. And I was wow. like, you really just could not have waited the 15 minutes for me to get home with or without Chipotle. With dinner. To this. <laughs> like, right. I had to know right now. And, uh, yeah, I had one moment of like, absolutely did not see that coming. And then that's actually a pretty good idea. Like we should do that. <laughs> and, yeah. I yeah. mean, we were separated and so it, but it just it sort of came as sort of a surprise that that's the medium that text. Yeah. And every, every single thing would say not text. Like yeah. there's no guideline where divorce request over text is appropriate. But, you know, I mean, it's, I, you know, I'm sort of one of those people that I'm not sure that it's like, it's like, and I think you might be the same. It's like, okay to fall out of love with people yep. and admit it and yep. move on. And um, it's just how you handle it. Yeah. And, and not everyone handles it great. I probably didn't handle it great. And, um, but you know, I survived. There's a lot of complicated things that go on when, like, even if it's like, this is absolutely the correct decision for how things are going. There's still a lot of complicated feelings that make it hard, even though it's correct. And we don't always, we, none of us can always act our absolute best when we're dealing with a thing that's hard, even though it's correct. I think it's just important to try not to be your worst self. Mm-hmm. If you can possibly do it, but it's but even if you can't, that's okay too. Yeah, I am very grateful. I mean, I I had just finished my PhD when I got divorced. I I got married like a month before I started my PhD program, and I got a divorced like a month after or whatever we started the process like a month after I finished. Uh, but we had nothing, right? Like we didn't own a house. We didn't have any money. We had no possessions. And uh, when I got home, I think without Chipotle, uh, I was like, I'm going to keep the dogs and you can have everything else, which was basically just the stuff in the house. And he very meticulously 
picked out half the sheets and towels and you know i think i was like i'll get new measuring cups like you can have all of those like these were our worldly possessions right like the kitchen gadgets and he basically took about half of them and and whatever i think we had five thousand dollars in the bank and he got 2500 of it and we were done it was like for those the things that people have the dumbest fights about like no you can't have the vase like that belonged to my aunt bertha or whatever um that that all went really easy for us like there were there were not there were times that were not super pleasant but the things that people can fall into getting really really petty about because it's not fair we both were really good about which made it a lot easier i definitely had some petty moments i think that's okay you're allowed yeah yeah we had them in other places just not about the stuff which sometimes becomes a focus of it right because it's tangible yeah yeah. I think it's good we we were able to sort of keep all of our friends. That's a big one. You know, um, yeah. that no one that I know of really took sides. Everyone stayed friends with everyone because we had a big friends group. And I think that's probably one of the things I'm most grateful for. Yeah, that would be hard. I mean, I was we did not have a very big friend group and, um, you know, we were living out here on the East Coast where I had no family. So I felt very alone all of a sudden because then it, it went from me and him to just me by myself and uh, and kind of building up a support structure around that took a long time. That was the cat <laughs> knocking over my microphone. Sorry. Okay. Well, so that took a turn. Yeah, it sure did. Was not expecting to go there. That's okay. <laughs> I always like to throw in little surprises for you. I like it. I like it. Um, um, okay, so uh, let's move on to your garden. Yeah, I mean, this probably will be a short item. I just think it's really fantastic that I now have a garden designed to produce pina coladas. I have, I think, 10 coconut palms that make a lot of coconuts, including ones that you just got. And I have like 10 pineapple plants and they that make pineapples. That is so exciting. It's it's really awesome. Jen sent me two coconuts in the mail. Oh, the and, cat has um, entered we the We have to figure podcast. out how to break them. How do you open them? Oh, I I have such good tips for this. Okay. So, there's two a two-step process. If you want the water inside, right? You shake it, you can hear the water. Yep. Slash, the slash, top slash. of the coconut has a little face. Yes. So there's like two eyes and a mouth. Uh, the mouth can be penetrated. I mean, you can try all of them. Only one of them can be penetrated. Uh, <laughs> Jen. Oh my God. With a straw, with one of your metal straws. Oh my goodness. In fact, what I use at my house when I want to get the water out of the coconut is I take one of the metal straws that you gave me mm -hmm. and just poke it through there. It's airtight. Okay. And so you'll hear it do a little like... Like when you're popping a can, a lid off a jar of, say, the cherries that you make, <laughs> which I recently did. Um, and then you can try to drink it out of there, but you often have a really airtight seal around it. Um, if you're very patient, just like put tip it upside down and put it on a glass and it will drip drip out all of the stuff. Um, so then you can drink that. You may want to put it through a coffee filter because there can be little bits of the husk that get in there. So that's how you get the water out if you want the coconut water. Um, you, you can skip that step if you want. So then you have to open the coconut. There are two approaches to this. One is that you can hold it in your hand and think of that little face as like the top, um, as like the North Pole. Okay. Take the back of a heavy chef's knife okay. and bang the back of it along the equator of the coconut. Kind of just okay. rotate it around and, and eventually it will crack. Um, this takes patience and some hard hitting and I'm always afraid I'm going to break my knife even though I have very nice knives. So my preferred and the more effective strategy is to throw it onto the sidewalk. <laughs> like with a deep, not a, a, not the most aggressive because then it'll break into a lot of pieces. But don't just drop, I mean you can try just dropping it but it might bounce. Little, little bit of anger behind that and it should crack nicely in half. Now if you leave the water in it, it will get the ground wet and you can't drink the water. So it depends how much you want the coconut water. Okay. But that's it, throw it on the ground is, okay. is my absolute preferred strategy. Okay, yeah. okay, because we have, a, cause we have a, a, a family down the street that buys like uh, a pallet of coconut, of green coconuts every mm. Saturday. 
and then they have a cocoa stand and they sell they 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 lop the top off with a machete and then yeah. they put a straw in and you for two dollars you can drink the coconut but so it's not it. it's you can't it's not coconutty because mm-hmm. they're green yep so the coconuts that you sent me i can get the actual coconut out because they're coconutty yes. Yep. So yep. that's what I want to try. I want to try to get the coconut out because I can get all the coconut water from down the street. And it will be better, right? Mm-hmm. And there will be more of it. So so yeah. I think that's a good strategy. Just throw them on the ground and they'll crack open. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will tell you this one other story. So when I, what birthday was it? It must have been like my 30th birthday. So um, like last year. <laughs> uh, two years after I got divorced from the first husband that we just talked about. So I was living by myself and my dad... Uh, got me for my birthday a DeWalt power tool set because I was like getting ready to buy my first house. I hadn't bought it yet, um, but I was on the path. I was looking. So he got me, yeah, like a power drill and a sawzall, like the the kind of pull the trigger, shake it yep. back and forth saw uh, with the batteries on them. And I had bought myself a coconut at the grocery store, which is a thing I would do every couple years it was a real indulgence because like what am i going to do with it i i don't know i was on a tight budget right and it did not include a fresh coconut so i got the coconut home and i was like i bet i can cut use the sawzall to cut this coconut open and my strategy was hold the sawzall which is heavy in Mm -hmm. one hand and hold the coconut in the other hand and rest the blade of the sawzall on the coconut and pull the trigger and cut it open so i start doing this and the saw slips, 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 like skips across the coconut. It scraped my finger. In fact, I still have a scar. I don't know if you can see it in the camera there. You see, it's like over here. See that oh, little yeah. line? I can see it. Yeah, yep, there's a little scar there yep. from where it slipped across onto my thumb. And I was like, I almost just cut my thumb off with the sawzall trying to open this coconut. I'll be more careful with my thumb on my second attempt to cut the coconut <laughs> open with the sawzall, uh, which I did try. Um, I did not cut my thumb off, but went equally bad. And, and then I fortunately was smart enough to give up. It was a bad idea like the first time and it was a terrible idea the second time. And I'm very lucky I did not lose a digit trying to do that. But sometimes science will kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, do not whatever you do, do not use a sawzall. I guess if you put the coconut in a vice, but then you could just close the vice really tight and it would crack open by itself. What about a chainsaw? Yeah, would work. Uh, but again, I think you'd need to brace the coconut or the teeth would just fling it out to one side. I have not tried it though. So if you do, let me know. <laughs> okay, because we do have a chainsaw. Yeah. Do you have a vice? No, but I could hold it really tight. <laughs> I think, well... Mm. I I don't know if I'd recommend it. I'm here if you think, need help after. I don't though. think Ben would do it. I think he'd be too chicken. And he Maybe. definitely wouldn't hold the coconut while I use the chainsaw. No. Do you have some cinder blocks? Maybe you could like put a cinder block on either side of the coconut to hold it in place. No, but maybe we need to buy a sawhorse with the. Yeah, the clampies. With the grips. Mm-hmm. That might just for opening coconuts. <laughs> or. Hear me out. Just throw it on the ground really hard. Or just throw it on the <laughs> ground. We do have sidewalks here. so Yeah, that'll do it. Okay. It's, it's satisfying. It. I'll let you know how it works out. Okay. But that's pretty exciting about um, how you are growing pineapples and coconuts in your tropical garden. It's like amazing. I, I know you have seen pineapples growing before. And I mean, I had seen like one or two of them like in a pot. But the fact that they like grow out of the ground at my house now um, and and the coconuts. I mean, it's, it, as a girl from the Midwest, it is mind blowing and wonderful to me to live in this tropical place that makes these really amazing fruits. Now, I have been going to Hawaii since 1989. Nice. And I probably did not realize that coconuts came from palm trees until 2005. (laughs) Do you remember like the time that you learned that or is that an approximation? No, I think it was the first time that Ben and I went to Hawaii together. And I, we spent, we spent two weeks in Hawaii because he Mm. has a work trip 
So a week of work and then a couple days we stay afterwards. And at some point it must have been revealed to me. <laughs> Maybe I looked up and saw them or because I what they do in in Waikiki is the workers actually go and pull all the coconuts down. They do that on our we have coconut palms lining like the Sugarloaf Boulevard, the main street on our island. And same thing. They pull them down because if they're all on your head, they'll do damage. Do you know how many people are killed every year by falling coconuts? I do not. 150. Wow. I mean, I'm not More surprised. people are killed by falling coconuts than by sharks. That I believe. Those, I mean, I'm... by shark bites, not falling sharks. <laughs> well, both probably. Yes. Yeah. I was outside once and a coconut fell off the tree near me. And they're like the coconuts that you have, I husked them for you. Because I told Ingo, I'm like, I sent Jen Cole's coconuts. And he's like, how is she going to husk them? I was like, oh, my God, I husked them ahead of time. They're impossible <laughs> to husk otherwise. But they're way bigger. They're like basketball sized. Right. Those are the ones the guy down the street has. Yeah. They're um, like the size of a, of a basketball or a volleyball. Yeah. They're big. And I mean, you can, you know, they grow, right? So they are also smaller than that. But like when they're full grown, they're huge. And they're heavy. They're like full of water. And they're really dense and hard. When that thing fell and like thunked into the ground, I was like, oh, that would have done a lot of damage to me if it had hit me in the head. Right. So I'm not and, they're, and, and, they're, and they're really tall trees. Mm-hmm. So they fall from, it's not like they fall from just 10 feet. Yeah. Right. They fall from 30 feet. They fall yeah. from 25 feet. And so they pick up speed along the way because of science. And so a lot of people actually get hurt by uh, falling coconuts. And so I, you, when you look up, you don't see coconuts in the palm trees. And I just thought they were completely different trees. Like coconut trees and palm trees were different. Sure. They are not. They are nope. the same tree. They just, you just don't see them unless you're up at four o'clock in the morning, Hawaii time, and you see that they're all pulling the coconuts down. Oh, and then yeah. you realize after when you're 40 years old that <laughs> suddenly you figured out that there are, that's where coconuts come from. Also, but, everybody um, dates come from palm trees dates but not the same trees as coconuts no no there's coconut palms and there's date palms and they're different there's (gasps) there's a lot of different kinds of palm trees but yes dates do not come from (laughs) coconut palm trees you almost blew my mind jen i that would be really awesome yeah that would have been so cool because i love i love dates and palm oil, which like people worry about a lot now, that comes from, there's like palm oil trees and they make nuts, like little palm oil, I guess they're fruits, palm oil fruits that they get the oil from. Different, also a different kind of tree. Huh. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of kinds of palm trees. I'm, I'm working now that I live in an environment with many of them to learn all the different kinds. Okay. All yeah. right. Now, did you know um, what kind of creepy southern plant is related to pineapples i have a guess go ahead spanish moss yes yes which i also are, have in my yard they are all both in the bromeliad family a which crazy... you would never consider that they would be related because they don't look anything alike except that the very ends of the pineapple are like have little feathers have little bits of what would that be called almost like little bits of spanish moss on them but it's you you would have to know yeah it's a weird family of plants it is a very weird family of plants there's like flowers and stuff too in that family and Mm -hmm. they're wild looking agreed yeah but yeah spanish moss is one of those things that i also always loved and a lot of florida has it i mean i ran this race last weekend like up kind of by Jacksonville, way up in Palm Coast, Florida. And the forest there was just full of palm trees and Spanish moss on everything. And we don't have it, like it doesn't grow crazy here in the Keys, but you can grow it here. So we have imported it every time we drive through like Northern Florida and South Carolina. If we stop at like a rest stop, we go grab some off the trees and then we put it on our tree down here. So we're we're building up a collection on our tree. All right, well, take a picture (laughs) of it. I wanna see it. I will. Um, And then um, the U.S. Board of Pineapple Deaths, which is a thing. (laughs) I did not know that. Yep. um, Have been notified that from recorded medical history, (laughs) 
997 people have been killed in some way by pineapples. Why is there a board of U.S. pineapple deaths? I have no idea, but <laughs> these are the things that I bring to the podcast. I mean, this is this is really important information. Molasses flood, <laughs> <laughs> board of U.S. board of pineapple deaths. Nine hundred eighty-seven. Do you know any of the some ways that people have been killed by pineapples? No, it was not. I probably could have dug a little deeper, but because I always just like superficial information, I just <laughs> took like the headline. But my guess is it's probably a, um, like um, people who are, I know, I actually know some people who are allergic to pineapple. So I would have maybe guessed anaphylactic allergy. shock, maybe um, choking. Yeah. I mean, know? they're real spiky on the ends. Like you could yeah, get an infected spiky. cut or something. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But maybe I'll look into that, and if I find anything more about it, um, I've never been threatened by a pineapple. Oh, that's Thanks. not true. <gasps> Tell me. So when I was in college, I was on the debate team. Yep. And I was a good enough debater that I made it to the world championships. Nice. Which were in Sydney, Australia, the year wow. that the, I made it to world championships two years. The, but the year that I went was in Australia. The next year it was at Princeton and I was like, I've been to Princeton. <laughs> That's where Ted Cruz goes. And so I, um, I went to Sydney and I was there for a couple of weeks. And on the way back, I was traveling with um, a t the team from Cornell. And uh, one of the guys from Cornell had a girlfriend who lived on Oahu. And so we stayed on Oahu for a week on our way home. Wow. And um, I, had, I had run out of money. I had like $50, like my, my room was paid for and my airline was paid for and I had like 50 bucks for the week. And I lived on a cut up pineapple and peanut butter crackers and happy hour for a week. Yeah. Um, and I just let people buy me drinks um, because you know, happy hour was still a thing back in the olden days, right? So you could <laughs> go and eat like little hot dogs and stuff at happy hour. But I ate so much pineapple that I got my whole mouth just erupted in like citric acid sores. Oh, yeah. That's a real and, thing. Um, yeah, but it, it didn't put me off pineapple at all. <laughs> that, I mean, that is good. I, uh, still I, have... love, I love it so much. And when we go to Hawaii, I still eat a ton of pineapple, just not that much. It was a good lesson. Yeah. Yeah. I have been in that situation pineapple. of having yeah. the 50 bucks to, to buy food for a week. Especially when you can't cook, right? If you can cook, you can you can make a lot of stuff, rice and beans and frozen veggies or whatever for 50 bucks in a week. But if you're like in a hotel or like staying in a room at somebody's house, that is tough. Yeah, we were in a hotel. Um, we actually had a whole suite. There was like me and four guys. And we it was like everyone was on a couch or a twin bed. Like we all made it work. We had all been friends for a really long time. And, um, and, and, and we, we were all pretty much out of money and it was peanut butter <laughs> crackers and, 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 you know, containers of cut up pineapple from the ABC store Yeah. and happy hour. And you and made it through. And I did. It was the best time. And I just absolutely fell in love with Hawaii and, and, uh, and had a great time. I learned to snorkel and and uh and just became an absolute freak for uh for the south pacific i have never been it's really beautiful and you know i i understand there's a there are a lot of of um there's a lot of you know cultural appropriation um there's a lot of angst mm -hmm. around hawaii um I will just say that the people uh, from Hawaii are beautiful, lovely people. Um, when we go, we try to keep our footprint as small as possible. Um, but we have gone, because Ben works for a military adjacent organization, we're usually there for Pearl Harbor Day or we're there for over Memorial Day weekend. One of the most wild things is that people have these huge parties in cemeteries huh. as part of the culture 
So we were there over um, Memorial Day weekend one year, and um, everyone just goes to the cemetery and puts up like 10 by 10 pop-ups and brings a grill. And it's where everyone has their graduation parties and um, birthday parties, and you celebrate with your ancestors. And it's, it's, if you're walking through one of the cemeteries, you get invited to sit and have a meal with complete strangers. And just the kindness, um, you know, I've been all over and I've just never felt like so much love than when I do when I'm in Hawaii and I just love it there. That's awesome. It is on my list. We were going to go, you know, we kind of had tentative plans for like the winter of first winter of COVID and, and that obviously didn't happen. So once I am feeling safer traveling like that, it's on the list. Because Ingo lived there briefly. And um, there's a there's a nice marathon. There is, yeah. We'll we'll get there. We have to do Australia too, because Ingo obviously kind of grew up in Australia, and so I'm envisioning it as a whole like Hawaii Australia back trip would be a really fun time. Yeah, yeah. I, I I Australia was nice. New Zealand was beautiful. Um, I've always wanted to snorkel and dive on the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah. Um, It's a beautiful spot. Awesome. Okay, now speaking of pineapple. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. Yay or or nay. (laughs) Pineapple on pizza. Hell no. Okay, tell me why. Tell me why. Sweet things do not belong on pizza. Sweet things do not belong on pizza. I, I think that's a, a solid rule for me. Unless it's like a dessert pizza. Nutella base, okay. strawberries. Go ahead, put some pineapple on that. I'm all in favor. I don't... I generally am not in favor of the sweet-salty combo. Like, I don't like it all that much. And also, I don't like warm fruits. I mean, I like a cobbler warm... But like grilled, like a grilled peach, I'm not a fan of a grilled pineapple. So I feel like you got the warm, like the really sweet, warm thing. Mm, also not good. That's my take. So I, I like it. Um, but I don't like ham. They usually go together. Right. But I would have, see, I like the uh, cheese and fruit. Like, an mm. ap- like a grilled cheese and apple sandwich is really yummy to me i like apple and like manchego salad haleo has a really good like apple manchego fennel salad which is delicious so i'm with you on the apples and cheese i don't know if there's other fruits i like with cheese no oh, no i love like grapes or like right sour Pears. cherry jam yeah yeah okay all right i'm on board for that part but then there's okay. like tomato sauce well, but you, yes, that is true. But often the, on a on a pineapple pizza, the, there's less tomato sauce than there is on a. Like I'm not talking about like a deep dish tomato. No, I know, but still, if it were just crust pineapple cheese, I'd be okayer with it. Did you hear that? I sure did. What was it? That was Pete sneezing. Oh, I thought it was someone like tapping on your window. No, that was the cat. <laughs> sneezing oh is he okay yeah he's just you know it's a zoo here okay so he's a fan of pineapple um, all right i'm outvoted but but you know um i don't think ben likes it but he doesn't like things like that because of texture usually mm. I, I mean i think i'm probably with him on that too yeah but like warm pineapple texture also feels gross to me like, if it was pineapple out of a can, mm-hmm. I probably would be like, no, thank you. Interesting. But if we were to, like, have, like, a fresh grilled pineapple pizza with cheese, like, yeah, I but yum. I like that. As I like cheese and fruit, I like baked brie with fruit. Yeah. I like that whole cheese and fruit combination. All right. Well, I don't want to take it away from you, but I will maybe not partake if you have one. Well, that's fine. That's fine. I'll eat yours. 
Yeah, I don't judge anybody who likes it, but I'm I'm not joining in. But uh, what, what does Ingo like it? I don't think so. I don't know that he has super strong feelings about it, but he has never once even hinted at maybe we could try a pineapple on a pizza. I mean, I can't. I can't even remember a time when Ben and I have said, "Let's get a pineapple pizza." Like it's only been when we've been somewhere where there's been pineapple mm-hmm. pizza and i've been like oh pineapple pizza and i'll have a piece i don't ever go looking for it yeah it's not right. on my like list of three things that i look for at the restaurant I, I i think for me the pineapple on pizza comes down to like a personal taste and anyone is allowed their personal taste as opposed to something definitional Like, if it has pineapple on it, is it still a pizza? Much as we have discussed with the sandwich. Uh, Some people do have that debate. I don't think that's relevant here. It's pizza if it's got, like, a crust and a sauce and a topping and a cheese. Um, So, yeah. Just not my thing. I don't think I would like a pineapple calzone. Oh, that's interesting. Because they're really similar. Yeah, I don't... But I... Being enclosed? Yeah, I think because it'd be closed. Yeah. I get it for some reason I can't explain. Yep, and I don't think I'd like that. Although if it was apples and cheese, but no tomato sauce, I'd probably... Well, I still don't think I'd like it. I think that the pie, the the pizza dough would be too glumpy. Mm -hmm. But it's getting closer to a good thing. Yeah, if it was like puff pastry, right? Yep. Like, Like a baked brie kind of thing. Baked brie, sliced apples, puff pastry. That's starting to sound yeah. really good. With little nuts, maybe mm-hmm. some little nuts. Yeah, maybe like a fig yeah. jam layer. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. I do delicious. a nice um, fig jam that I make with port. Oh, yeah. And I make a baked brie and I, I smother the brie and then I wrap it in puff pastry and bake the whole thing. Oh, it turns out pretty good. That sounds so good. Yeah, folks seem to like that. I bet you're a big hit with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Good. All right. So do you have a a piece of news about um, pina coladas? Yes. Let's move on to just desserts and talk about our news story. Uh, I'm pulling it up here. The headline of this story is sex offender found naked. uh, Hang on. Sex offender found naked in historic Texas home drinking pina colada mix, authorities say. Which like, mm, when I make a pina colada, it is not with a mix. It sounds gross. <laughs> like, can you imagine how like thick and like overly sweet it is? And you're missing the really good part. Um, well, but and it's- like the headline of uh, being in a historic Texas home. Like, I never click through to the, read these stories because I always like to react. But yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why? What? Okay. Well, Keep let going. me tell you. A 50-year-old man was arrested after he was found naked in a historic Port Arthur home drinking pina colada mix. James Van Wright was charged with burglary of a habitation after a Lamar State College security officer found him about 11 p.m. on July 12th in the White Haven home on whatever, Lakeshore Drive. The White Haven residence was built in 1915 and donated to the College of Port Arthur, according to the Texas Daughters of the American Revolution site. According to a probable cause affidavit, the security guard noticed the lights that weren't usually on had been turned on. Officers arrived at the scene and looked through a kitchen window and saw Van Wright naked and drinking from a large bottle. Police said he forced his way in by breaking a window pane on the kitchen door, unlocking it, and I will say, I have done this to break into my own house when I lost my keys. I, you too? Same. Yeah, I mean, you do what you gotta do, you know? Except I broke the pane way at the top and then realized I couldn't reach. Oh, no. And so then I had to break another pane. <laughs> so. Uh, I, I, uh, I broke that pane. I think I had left my keys at my parents' house and then driven back in my parents' house, like out in the country and driven back into Chicago where I was living, broke into my apartment and I had my dad um, cut me a piece of plexiglass. Like I measured the hole and at the, my parents own a factory. And so I was like, please send me a piece of plexiglass for this. And I kind of, whatever, cocked it, glued it in there and then moved out. Like they never noticed it was a problem. So someone may still have this very weak ass piece of plexiglass, but I don't know that it's less secure than what was there. All right. So our dude here, 
He has broken in as both gens have broken in. He was dressed at the time. So then he went into the bedroom, took off his clothes where he left his clothes, and then took a bottle of pina colada mix from the refrigerator and began drinking it. He said that his family had left him the home. So he's like, no, no, you guys, this is my house. And they were like, even though there is no alcohol in that pina colada, you are incorrect about this. Uh, Van Wright was taken to jail. <laughs> he, he got a $25,000 bail. He could face up to life in prison because of prior convictions for sexual assault of a child and attempted arson. I was about to protest life in prison for breaking into a house, getting naked, and drinking pina colada mix seems a little too harsh. But when you get to the sexual assault of a child and attempted arson, I'm kind of wondering why he's not serving life in prison already. Yeah, no kidding. Fuck him. And so it's a historic home that was given to the college. Yeah. And, and it was empty. But it had pina colada mix in the refrigerator. It did. Maybe they have university parties there. Interesting. Yep. But not alcohol. Or maybe they do have alcohol in there and he just didn't find it. I'm thinking he was on something. If he thought, I'm going to break in, take my clothes off and drink this straight pina colada mix. Yeah, I do. you, You do have to sort of wonder like what his like thought process was yeah (laughs) or really i we probably don't want to know what his thought process was based on his priors for sure we don't need any time in that guy's head yeah so uh so that's our just desserts for the week he was taken to jail and uh our corresponding recipe this week is going to be my recipe for pina coladas which does not involve pina colada mix um i will send you the recipe to make a card but it is pineapple it should be frozen so you can either buy it frozen or you can cut up a fresh pineapple and freeze it but this is just to get the texture freeze your pineapple coconut rum cream of coconut which is not the same thing as coconut cream or coconut milk or coconut water cream of coconut is sweetened and uh, coco lopez is the brand lime juice a little bit of coconut milk ice blend it all together and then you got to put it back in the freezer for like 20 minutes and then blend it again and then it will taste like you're at a really high-end resort i don't i it requires a lot of freezer space i have to like clear a little patch for the blender mug what's a container what's the thing pitcher i have to clear a little spot to get that in there because i don't normally have that much space but it's worth it i mean you could just drink them without refreezing it but it's better if you put it back in for 20 minutes okay it gets slushier all right so you'll send me the recipe i'll make the card for it okay good okay um okay so callbacks did you ever get the ritter sport bar with the cornflakes i did it i ordered it from amazon it just came in like a little amazon bubble pack um the heat index is 105 degrees every day here so it was somewhat melted I let it harden back up before I ate it. Um, and it, it, was, it didn't untemper very much, so I was lucky. It's okay. really good. It reminded me very much of like a Nestle Crunch Bar. Like if you had told me, if I were blindfolded and you were like crisp rice, I was, I'd be like I just 2% crunchier than crisp rice, but basically like a Nestle Crunch Bar. Uh, it was really good. I took like a little square out of it. And Ingo also ate a bunch of it, and I kept going back to it and like taking little bites off of it from in, out of the chocolate drawer. So I'm a fan for sure. Like if I were in the Ritter Sport like display with all the flavors, it would be a go-to for me. There is a, a a place here in just at the Beltway in Springfield. Mm-hmm. So technically, you could drive right by it on your way up and back. Yeah. Um, called the Swiss Bakery, and they have a huge Ritter Sport display. Oh, all right. They have all of the Ritter Sports. Just nice. An FYI. Um, well, it was a great recommendation. Yeah, big fan of the of the uh, cornflakes. Okay, so before we, have we another callback from Twitter. Okay. Um, where Merrill Pond from our Twitter feed, who listens to our podcast went to the social 
in Brooklyn to try hot dog ice cream <gasps> from our hot dog episode. Yes. And here's what Meryl Pond said. I stopped by the social in Brooklyn to try the hot dog ice cream mentioned on the podcast. It tasted like butter pecan, guessing it was like the buttered roll component. Mm-hmm. So good. Then I hit a caramelized hot dog part. At first, okay, but weird aftertaste. <laughs> Which I think is an awfully nice way of saying, that was weird. Yeah. I don't think I would like um, caramelized hot dog ice cream. Mm-mm. But you I, know, mean, I don't like stunt ice cream. So, Yeah. It's a know. generous review. Yeah. But that was nice. Thank you so much for letting us know that you tried it, though. It's really That's good exactly insight. That's exactly the kind of callback we we want to have on the uh, on the podcast. Totally. So before we move on to um, the end items of the agenda, we do have another taste test to do that we have put oh, yes. off. So okay, yeah. Tell tell the background on this. Okay, so on Twitter there is a woman who um, she used to be a democratic strategist and she was actually on a lot of the news programs. Her name is Holly Figueroa O'Reilly and she now lives in uh, Mercer Island, Washington. And she um, had an unwell husband. He was, he was got sick. I don't know if he got sick during COVID, but um, she quit politics and she started her own small scale candy cookie and jam operation from mercer island and i bought us some pina colada caramels and we were going to try these at the beginning but when jen calls shipped them to me they were not melted but they were slightly soft so i put them in my fridge and then when i got it out of the fridge at the beginning of the podcast it was so hard i couldn't bite it but now i can squeeze it and it's soft so i can try okay it. so we're going to try these now they are dark chocolate little squares mm-hmm. with a little bit of coconut on top of them yep okay oh yeah i can buy it this time and you can definitely tell that hmm. the caramel has kind of a fruity undertone yep very good it's very tasty if i think hard i can identify that Fruity undertone is pineapple, maybe. It definitely is fruity. I'm not sure I would know it was pineapple. Mm-hmm. Eating caramels is terrible for a podcast. It's really hard to talk and chew caramels. Everyone who hates listening to people eat is <laughs> going to hate us. It reminds me of something I eat at Christmas time. And I don't know what. Hmm. I mean, it's very good. Mm-hmm. The caramel is excellent. I think I would like it better. The one sweet and salty thing that I do like um, are these little caramels covered with chocolate with sea salt on the top. And I know there's a bunch of like chocolate covered caramels with sea salt in the world. The ones that I really like for some reason, I get like in some snack box on United Airlines. Like when I'm like, uh, you don't have any vegetarian options in business class, which is what I get flown for all of these work things. Can I please have the top of snack box? It for for a long time had this like, you know, single pack with this one sea salt caramel in it. And it's really good. And I feel like if this were a version of that, it would be excellent. Just like straight up caramel because she clearly makes really good caramel. The chocolate's good. Mm. Little sea salt on that would be great. I kind of... Like now that I have processed that bite and getting a coconut aftertaste to it, but the pineapple and the coconut are really subtle. And I, I feel like let's get rid of the subtle aftertaste and just like have it be what it is. Yeah. I, it's I delicious mean, I, though. It's very good. It's very good. And it's, and you know, I probably bought these two months ago. At least. Mm-hmm. And I also bought cookies that came with them, but I ate them already and didn't share. I'm sorry. That's okay. You don't have to share all your goodies with me. <laughs> I didn't share them with Ben either. You don't have to do that either. No, <laughs> you can have your own. <laughs> but every week she posts some new little sort of micro thing that she's made, like 20 jars of 
you know, lime ginger jam. Mm. And it always looks so delicious. And so I got those for us for trying. And I'm glad they made it to you okay. They're They're, quite good. They came um, eight in a box, I think. Or did you, you may just have sent me four? a whole box. No, I think I have eight. Yeah. Yeah, so I took them out box. of the box. Yeah. Uh, they're delish. I'm going to eat the rest of this when we're done podcasting. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. So, um, wow. We're making these longer and longer. That's okay. <laughs> People listen to them, I think, to like fall asleep or have on as like gentle background. So it's okay that they're long. Okay. So listener mailbag. Yeah. Um, it is your turn to ask a question. All right, I have two. (laughs) Excuse me, I've got like weird coconut in my throat now. What is your first favorite book and your most recent favorite book? Um, my first favorite book. And you can do first as an adult or like your favorite book as a kid, whatever you prefer. Well, it's funny because I was just talking about favorite books on my um, sidecar podcast. I listened to um, that. I will say that um, first. I will say that my most recent favorite book is *The Anthropocene Reviewed* mm-hmm. by John Green, which is just taken right from his podcast. I just think it is the most magical book. Um, it's a series of essays about um, things in the human-centered world. Um, it's a great podcast. He doesn't do it anymore, but there's like 50 episodes to listen to. The book is beautiful. He narrates it, or reads it. Um, I listen to it almost every night as I'm falling asleep. Love it. Um, it's one of those books I give to everyone, along with the Johnny Sun. Mm-hmm. Everyone's an alien when you're an alien, too. Another absolutely beautiful, gorgeous book. Yep. Um, that I buy in quantity and give as gifts. Same. Uh, big fan. And then I think as the one of my absolute favorite books when I was growing up was this book called The Great Escape or The Sewer Story. And it was a book, a children's book, a large format children's book about, um, I don't know if you remember, Jen, um, it, it, it might be um, after, before your time, but there was a lot of stories about how people had alligators that they um, would flush down the toilets uh, in big cities and that yep. there were alligators living in the sewer systems in New York City. Yep. That was like a thing when I was growing up. Um, I have no idea if that was actually true, but the the story is that all of these alligators living in the sewers collect enough stuff that gets flushed down the toilet that they're able to charter a plane and fly to Florida. Oh my god. (laughs) And it is such a lovely book. They all get together. They dress up in outfits that somehow end up in the sewer drain or get flushed. Pearls, hats, (laughs) They, um, they charter a plane, they fly to the Everglades where they're able to live out their lives the way alligators are supposed to live. That's lovely. And, um, it's out of print. Um, my sister got me a copy of it. It must have cost her a fortune um, because we could not find my copy. I think it got thrown away during one of my mother's upheavals. Um, but I have a copy of it. I love it so much. It's called The Great Escape or The Sewer Story. Nice. Um, and it was given to me by a friend of my parents. So those are my my books. Those are great. That's an excellent list. Uh, the second question is, how did we meet? One of our most popular questions. That is a popular question. And I'm so glad that you asked because I love this story so much. So Jen and I met... Because we are both fans of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So much. And we are so much fans of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which you can probably imagine is that we have both been in the cast that if you're fans of Rocky Horror Picture Show and you go, there's always a cast that acts out the entire film in front of the film that's being shown. So you're kind of like mouthing the words along with the film. 
Right, and, and we do yeah. dance, and there's audience participation, and so I had been a cast member, um, and I was filling in for somebody, and I've always been a Columbia, and um, and Jen had been asked to fill in for somebody as well, and we both showed up at the College Park. <laughs> theater to do Rocky Horror Picture Show and there were two Columbias and it could have been a disaster yeah but you know there's like no fighting in Rocky Horror and so we both did we just did Columbia next to each other which I think made the entire show better people were laughing yep and we were laughing hysterically it was like it the best ridiculous. live performance I have done or been to. And to be honest, I, I don't think I did any more after that because I don't know how <laughs> I could have topped that performance. Like that was like the most fun I had ever had. And I had done Rocky Horror all through college. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and so I was doing it again kind of as an adult. And, uh, and then I felt like I went out on top. Like, it was the greatest time. And then you and I just, like, we exchanged phone numbers afterwards. And because we were both in College Park, we stayed friends. It's a story that I kind of can't believe we haven't told up until now. I know. Well, (laughs) you know, it's, we've known each other for so long. It has been a long time. we forget that we have all of these backstories that people don't know about. They think that we've just met on Twitter, like, last year, right? Yep. But we have known each other a lot longer than that. And we have all of these stories. And, you know, that's what this podcast will be about is, you know, telling all of our various stories. Yeah. The more you listen, the more backstory you're going to get. That's right. That's right. And someday there'll be a movie. (laughs) That would be excellent. (laughs) Um, Okay. I think that's it for the items on the agenda. We finally have a sign off. All credit to Jen Coleslaw for the truly excellent sign-off that we're about to do. Well, we did. We got some help from um, from one of our Twitter followers, um, and I hope she's listening. Yeah. Um, she had a, a thought about it, and I I workshopped it in my head. And um, you know, we'll we'll probably continue to to flesh it out a little bit, but I think you're gonna like it. All right, are we ready? Yes. Be gentle with one another but hard on the systems of oppression. Awesome. Awesome. See you next time. Bye.